Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You are listening to their Burgundy Breakdown podcast with Josh Taylor and Parker Hamlet. What is popping, Redskins Nation? It is Tuesday after the Victory Monday from the Washington Redskins as we went to Carolina and edged out a nail-biter against the Panthers. I know uh, me and Parker was watching the game together. We were live on Twitter. Everybody was pretty hype. Parker, that was an exciting one. What do you think about it, man? I think two straight victories. <sighs> I think I think something's cooking in D.C. I, I know people say I'm crazy and – there's all this all this stuff coming out about the game about us possibly being able to make the playoffs. I don't think it's outlandish, man. Sometimes people put put win streaks together, you know. I mean, we did it rookie with RG three. I'm not saying this team's anywhere near the merit or caliber of that team, but at the same time, you know, it's things are exciting in DC, man. This wasn't just a great win compared to last week. I thought this week was a lot more decisive. Looks like the guys were having fun out there. It was just a great overall team win, I thought. Yeah, a little, a little win streak stew cooking up in the pot. <laughs> Throw another little win in there to get the Yeah, and, and, and to win without guys like Paul Richardson, Ryan Kerrigan, the ghost of Josh Norman on the sideline, Smallwood out, you know, to, to win without, you know, a couple key, you know, centerpieces of the team not being on the field, you know, parts of this team that they've really invested in and, you know, they expected big things in return from. For the young guys to come out of ball like that, man, was just a huge morale boost, you know. Last week was great, you know, being there and, Seeing Dwayne, Terry, Kelvin, Cole Holcomb have good games and put together a win at home. But to see them go on the road like this against a pretty talented Carolina Panthers team that, you know, just lost Ron Rivera, breaking Ooh. news. Yeah, that was crazy. I, I, I really, I really think time. that Ron took a lot of that on the chin, man. I don't really feel like he deserved it to go out like that. No, I mean, I know they've now lost like five straight, but still, hellacious coach. He was just in the Super Bowl. I mean, dude, he's one of the best defensive minds in football, man. I oh, mean, yeah. And and I'm sorry, everybody can sit here and act like Cam Newton is just this stable, uh, you know, franchise quarterback. And you know, 2015 was a great year for him. But at the same time, man, dealing with just that roller coaster of injuries with him, and then having to find stability with guys like Kyle Allen. No disrespect, to Kyle Allen. Like you said, you know, they just went on a hell of a losing streak. But at the same time, I mean, he was getting things cooking with Kyle Allen, man. But you know, when the only guy on your offense is Christian McCaffrey, and you know, you're, you're having to rely on guys like Curtis Samuel to be number one receivers, you're going to kind of struggle. Yeah, it's just. He didn't have much to work with right now. They're in a really weird, like, transitioning period. But to just completely abandon a guy who's shown that he can be successful is pretty pretty mind-blowing. Yeah, and and you made a really good point before we started recording that this could kind of mean the exodus of Cam Newton as well. Oh, yeah. I I fully believe he's gone. I mean, I don't – you either love him or you hate him in Carolina and – I don't know. He just kind of rubs people the wrong way, and he lost nine straight when he was starting. Nine straight. He hasn't, yeah. He hasn't won. Like, their first win came from Kyle Allen. He lost nine straight. That yeah, man. I mean, Panthers' Twitter was popping. Fan base was popping when Kyle Allen was balling, man. So, yeah. I mean, it wasn't always like this, and I think to just kind of fire a head coach who's done a lot for this organization is, is, is kind of a bad move by them. And, you know, you're going to hear a lot of people on, you know, Redskins Twitter saying, oh, man, Montevideo to D.C. I would absolutely love that, but personally oh. – I, I'd still like for us to honestly give the reins over to KSC. I would love to have Ron Rivera as defensive coordinator, but if Minuski keeps stringing together performances like he is to finish out this season, then, you know, I feel like Minuski is going to be in D.C. for at least one more season. But, you know, to see guys like Ron Rivera get, you know, fired like that, you know, it, it kind of reiterates and hopefully reminds people around the league that no one's safe, and hopefully that's the case for Bruce Allen. Hashtag fire Bruce Allen. Yeah, and I think this is, like, one reason why 
you know, Dan and Bruce really wasn't out looking for like a head coach. It's going to fall in their lap. I it, it kind of like we I roasted them. I'm like, why are we not looking? Who the hell is like Bill Callahan to come in and coach? And but like stuff like this happens if Mike Tomlin does get fired. Which I mean, if they keep losing, they just beat the Browns. But if they, you know, keep looking bad, there's no way Tomlin gets canned, man. I mean, I don't know. quite, quite frankly, I know Harbaugh is probably in the running or Shanahan's in the running for coach of the year right now. But I feel like what what Tomlin had. I know we're getting off the topic about the Redskins here, but Mike Tomlin, you know, as as a football mind, has never had an under 500 season. And for him to start the season the way he did, have just this freaking carousel of quarterbacks coming in and out, all these injuries to Juju Smith-Schuster, James Conner. You know, for him to just deal with all the way he has, I mean, you all, you honestly can't blame a guy like Gam Snyder wanting to sit a damn king's ransom over for somebody like him to come to DC. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's he's definitely doing some work. So that's just something to keep an eye on. Whether it's uh, Ron Rivera or another coach out there gets fired, Mike McCarthy, which yeah. th- there's been a little bit of a rumble, you know, a little bit of chatter about that. But apparently, uh, some of these head coaching candidates for the Redskins now, why you say they? aren't really looking. Apparently they're doing a little bit of homework because there's some reports getting out that supposedly Mike McCarthy has already told the Redskins he would never come over here with our front office being the way that it is, which is, I feel like, going to be the kind of the final blow on the Bruce Allen era if he does leave D.C. You know, we, we can always hope, fingers crossed, but hoping for change in the Redskins front office is, is just a, almost a waste of breath at this point. Yeah, it's, I mean, when, like, we, I mean, we brought up Mike McCarthy like two months ago. Um, just someone to keep an eye on. And it's just interesting how, like, he said that, and then, like, hours later, Dan Snyder is, like, apparently keeping a close eye on Bruce Allen. So, uh, the hot seat got hot. So, that's something we heard about a little bit before the game. Um, but interesting note. So, I mean, that's, that has some fans kind of hoping that we lose. But you and me were well in this one. I mean, we were stressing the whole game. But we were yeah. going to win. And, Lord and behold, it didn't look like it right off the front. I mean – Good lord, the the Panthers. It looked like they were just running streaks, and we were just playing just the softest defense. It looked like you gave your little brother the controller in Madden, and just (laughs) absolutely clowning him. I mean, it was bad, man. Kyle Allen was finding everybody. McCaffrey had forty yards all-purpose first drive. I mean, it looked like we were just you know out there getting our checks, and that and that was pretty much the end of it. And then just the awful slip up by Monte in the beginning. I mean, he looked absolutely dazed and confused. Yeah, our our secondary is just it's been a well known fact, but I don't know. It's like we get the best of our secondary and then we get like the complete worst. Yeah, it's like either one extreme or the other. And and speaking of a really bad extreme, our offense started off horrible. Adrian Peterson missing just key blocks, letting Dwayne Haskins get killed. We come out on third down and we're running freaking screen plays that are getting blown up at the line of scrimmage. So it looked like we were going to get shut out, honestly, quite frankly. I mean, I, we, you and me try to remain hopeful because that's kind of our overall message we try to parlay on the podcast. But I don't know how anybody could really be hopeful going into the just halfway through the first quarter. I mean, JP Finley looked like, you know, he was already tweeting that we'd lost. I mean, it was it was bad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it didn't start well. Our first drive was negative 11 yards, and their first two drives were touchdowns, and they just marched down the field like there was nothing. Yeah, Curtis Samuel looked like one of the best receivers in football against us, and DJ Moore was doing DJ Moore things in 2019. So it was very dismal start. Didn't look very good, honestly. I, I think I tweeted fire Greg Minuski. I thought this was gonna be his, <laughs> I thought this was gonna be his swan song, man. I mean it's it's very uncharacteristic for the Redskins in any way, shape, or form to actually, you know, put together a good comeback or retaliate or have a game plan in place to prepare for such a bad start like this. But we were wrong. 
Yeah, I mean, I, we thought this was going to be another typical Redskins, I mean, like against the Eagles, how they just threw it down on us. But uh, lo and behold, we did move the ball a little bit. We were down 14 nothing. Put a little drive together with Haskins. He was making some plays. Guys started getting going. And then he just tears one off with the 60-yard run that everyone just exploded over. Oh, my God, dude. Literally, like, put his freaking – fate like his hand through Shaq Mason's skull I mean he absolutely Shaq Thompson sorry not Shaq Mason but I mean he he absolutely <laughs> decimated Shaq Thompson and I, I think guys actually retweeted something along the lines of he went on Wikipedia and they changed Shaq Thompson's name and put in parentheses Darius Geis's son oh god I, <laughs> I think mean... it's, a, it's a meme now too and, and I mean another guy oh. that had a really good you know first part of that drive was Kelvin Harmon. He was getting some separation. You know, it's really good to see a guy like Kelvin Harmon has a really good relationship with Dwayne Haskins, you know, get, get some catches like that. Or they work together a lot in the offseason. And, you know, for him to fill in for Paul Richardson like that and perform well is definitely encouraging. Yeah, he's – I mean, he's definitely a steal from where we got him in the draft. Oh, dude, Redskins Twitter was all over that, man. People were tweeting yeah. about him for months. Yeah. No, he's, he's definitely going to pan out for us. I still think we need a little bit – more in the receiving core, especially in the tight end, as we will see as a trend today for sure. <laughs> but nonetheless, we drive down the field. Hopkins kicks a little chippy, go uh, cut it a little bit down to 14-3. to three. And this is when the defense started really stepping up, started getting some pass rush on Kyle Allen, getting him uncomfortable, and containing – all you can do for Christian McCaffrey is contain him. You're not Absolutely. It's like what, you know, weathering the storm. It's not really like you're going to completely stop it. You just got to kind of – be able to brace yourself, hold down, and prepare for it. And, we, and our defense finally started, you know, putting some stuff together, giving them some different looks. And Montez and uh, Sweat and Jonathan Allen got a huge play on third down to end the first quarter. So, it was yeah, nice. The pass rush was all over the place this game. This is probably, like, the most recent game I can remember where it was actually, like, this good. Like, they were, they were just everywhere. And it was everybody making plays. And we'll see later on the new guys just stepped in. Like, they're, like, 12-year vets just tearing it up. So, Definitely got a lot of positive notes for all the defense. Yeah, and, you know, this is a lot of positivity with the pass rush coming at a time where not a lot of people were expecting it with Brian Kerrigan missing his first, you know, game as a starter and ever since he's been in the NFL. It's a decade of consistency, 139 straight starts. But I, for a guy like Montez Sweat and, you know, Nate Orchard, Chris Owen, for them to come in and, and ball it the way they did without the presence of Brian Kerrigan, certainly going to turn a lot of head, raise a lot of eyebrows. I mean, what are your thoughts on, you know, the success that's happening with the absence of Brian Kerrigan and Josh Norman? I mean, we've said it, like, we don't wish bad on Kerrigan. We love the guy to death. But yeah. it's, just, it's time, like, to get younger and to just flip flip the page on Kerrigan. Like, he's he's had a good run here. It's not like we're going to hang on to him until he's 80. Yeah. I mean, and, he, he's got nothing to be ashamed of, man. Absolutely yeah. not. But, I mean, you know, it, it's definitely – and then people are going to be like uh, – I, I can already hear some of you responding to me saying, oh, well, you know, he played well last week with Ryan Kerrigan on the field. But, you know, for him to step in – this week, you know, he's kind of the marquee pass rusher we have, the rookie, getting a lot of criticism. You know, got that Old Spice commercial everybody's roasting him for. But for him to step up, man, and him to get in, you know, Kyle Allen's face the way he did, he made Kyle Allen absolutely uncomfortable, made his life a living hell. So uh, kudos to Montez Sweat for stepping in, looking like that guy that was worth trading up into the first round for. And, you know, that kind of puts some pressure on Ryan Kerrigan. Like you said, man, nothing against him. I felt like we should have traded him to Baltimore when we were getting, you know, getting offered some draft capital for him. You know, he could be over there possibly getting a ring this year if, if we would trade him over. I feel like that would have been much more of a nod and us showing that we were happy for Kerrigan and thankful for his service. I, I'd be much more satisfied in a scenario like that than I would be for us to just let him walk, you know? Oh, yeah. So. Let him go like the Browns and just whittle away. Yeah, uh, exactly. 
But I know Redskins fans are all over, like, protecting him. Like, no, we need to keep him. He's, like, been here forever. He's our, like, capital. Like, I get it. It's not It's not 2013 and 14 anymore. Like, I, I completely understand. But we just – we got to move on. Yeah, and, man. I mean, it's, it's like Trent, man. You know, I, I think it's kind of funny how – like guys at the Burgundy blog and other podcasts were saying, I think I think this was Burgundy blog that said talked about the nuclear option, how we needed to take Alex Smith off the book, take Josh Norman off the book, take Trent Williams off the book, take take a bunch of these guys that are making the most on our team and just you know just kind of cut our losses and get our money back and kind of build a new regime here. And you know it looks like it's kind of happening itself with you know the exodus of Trent, you know the benching of Josh Norman. Ryan Kerrigan missing his first start and all these guys stepping up. It looks like it's happening organically. And, you know, I feel like that's the best way for it to happen. But all we can really hope is, is that our front office and wishing for, you know, Bruce Allen to make a logical decision is kind of, you know, wishful thinking. But at the same time, you know, I, I, I kind of like that we're kind of starting to see the, both sides of the coin so that, you know, guys like us don't sound crazy for saying these things. Yeah, and, like, I expect Jordan Reed to retire. We've been preaching it. and Vernon I, Davis right behind him, man, right behind yeah. him. I think he will too, just because they're both in the IR four concussions. Like that's concerning. And they're like Vernon Davis has been in the league long enough. He's he's definitely stamped his history. And Jordan Reed, like I know he's younger, but he it's just more of a concern with his health. It's not worth it. No, it's not. And we so. we beat that dead horse to death. And you know, yeah. but like the, the one of the biggest reasons that I feel like Bruce Allen is is damning this organization at this point when it comes to these kind of decisions is you know like I said we got that offer from Baltimore to ship Ryan Kerrigan over we got that offer from the Browns to send Trent Williams away and you know we're getting chances to move these guys and get draft capital back in return because this class coming up man is absolutely loaded all across the board for us to be you know passing up on opportunities like that and you know taking the chances we when we get them is just that's the biggest reason I feel like Bruce Allen needs to go I mean there's plenty of other reasons we could do just a complete Bruce <laughs> Allen podcast and actually might rip this dude apart but at the end of the day man just while we're on that topic of discussion, I mean, that's I feel like that's going to hurt us more than anything is not getting not taking the chances to move these guys when we can. And yeah. you know, there's also going to be plenty of pessimists that are like, "Oh, well, this defensive line took advantage of a really bad, you know, Panthers offensive line down Greg Little. Greg Little's a rookie offensive tackle. I mean, I don't get me wrong, he's played pretty well, but you know, they also have Trey Turner. They got a couple other guys that are no slouches. And I mean, you know, in a league that is very prone to protecting the quarterback, I mean, you know, for us to get to him as much as we did, I thought was really impressive. I mean, we were very critical on the junior pod overall this year about Montez and Sweat's, you know, hand movement and his ability to have different techniques get to the pass rusher. And he kind of showed us that, you know, he is kind of a Swiss Army knife in that sense. Yeah. And that's one thing you talk about, like, player-wise. Like, this was no slouching Carolina Panthers team, like, especially no. on defense. I mean, you have guys, you have Vernon Butler, Jill McCoy, been in the league for a long time. Don Terry Poe. <laughs> Mario Addison, he's like one of the top sackers in the league this year. I think he's like third. Yeah, like, I mean, this Luke, team was hot Luke, early, man. It was hot Bruce early. Irvin, Eric Reed, like Trey Boston, Dante Jackson, Bruce Irvin, Luke Keekley, Shaq Thompson. That is not but a bad roster. If I had that linebacking core, good Lord. Yeah, man. I mean, it's it, it goes without saying that the, the that's still a great roster, and it's kind of why I feel like they're jumping a little gun, the gun a little bit by firing Ron. I mean, we're we're over here clamoring over guys like Steve Stevie like Stevie Sims. You know, yeah. huge kick return <laughs> last week. Um, you know, love him to death. Love him to death. Yeah, made some great. I mean, it's not a knock on Stevie Sims, but I mean, I'm drafted free agent. I mean, you know, it's not like we brought him in expecting big things out of him, but we're over here getting hype over that. You know, speaking of Stevie Sims, you know, he got open a lot in the first half to kind of you know help us catch up. Caught our, I think it was kind of a slant or skinny post. 
Yeah. Um, you know, I, I like how KOC is kind of integrating him into the offense and making things work. I, I also like how he's kind of phasing Trey Quinn out of the offense. It's almost like he's that KOC is listening to the fan base, fan base in a sense, which was good to see. Yeah, we've been claiming that he needs to get moved to slot, and they finally did it, and he had two, like, really nice catches that did a little something, and then he had to cover punts later after Trey Quinn died. And after Trey Quinn died. <laughs> but, I mean, I love him on punts, and I love him as a slot. I think he's exactly what we need in size, and he's fast. And Yeah, I mean, we, we, put, together, we put together a little drive and, yeah. you know, ended up not being able to score because of Trey Quinn's ineptitude, so we went – we, we, we got it up to 14-6. So, one-score game, two-point conversion, you know, you'd be able to tie it up. So, you know, it's not like we were completely dead in the water. But, you know, at the same time, we were sitting there thinking, you know, if they're dropping 14 on us in the first quarter like this, then they're going to keep they're gonna keep their foot on the gas. We, we, we got to finish drives or else we're going to get lost in the sauce. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, the game got a little boring. It was just a bunch of three and outs. And I was, like, sitting back and I was, like, all right, some, something's got to happen. Like, I, I think we're about to get this turnover. And, Lord and behold, literally, like, 10 seconds later, Fabian Moreau just looks me in the face and is like, dude, I got you. And just picks off one of the laziest passes I've seen by Kyle Allen, who just was just throwing it up in the air just to say, do a pass. Yeah. And, and, you know, like, Kyle Allen had something there, man. I mean, he he was trying to force the ball in there, and he had somebody wide open in the flats. I don't know who the hell that commentator was. I mean, he sounded like it was his first day on the job. But he (laughs) he was throwing Dwayne Haskins on the bunch every chance he got. But, you know. I mean, Dwayne Haskins is sitting there having to have a chess match with Luke Keekley. Kyle Allen's missing wide-open dudes in the flats. So, I mean, yeah. you know, we're going to sit here and call a spade a spade. call a spade here. But still, great play by Fabian. You know, guy's absolutely been balling out ever since Josh Norman's been benched. We're also 2-0 and since Josh Norman's been benched. That's also another yeah. correlation that I don't think is a coincidence at all. But no, like you said, have- great play by Fabian. Plays. Yeah, he has three now in two games. And people are like, well, look, look who we've been playing. Okay, well, nobody else on the team has been getting interceptions except Fabian. So, yeah, exactly. And, I don't, I don't want to hear that. Look who we're playing, garbage. I mean, yeah. when the Chiefs go out there and flex on people, you know, it's all over the checkdown. And Patrick Mahomes is great. Winning in the <laughs> NFL is winning in the NFL. I mean, people can, you know, mark it out to whatever they want it to be, craft their narrative on that. But at the end of the day, you know, everyone's talented. Some teams are just more talented than others. That should go without saying. It's the NFL. Like, yeah, absolutely. It's not like it's not like we're freaking Ohio State playing like. East Central Michigan Community College. Like, it's not – this is the NFL. We're, the, we're all professionals. And I understand, like, we'll look at the quarterbacks. But still, like, I mean, the Lions last week and the Panthers this week have put up a lot of points on a lot of teams. Yeah, and, I mean, Fabian did have a couple blown coverages on this game. We got kind of lucky on one big deep ball yeah. for Samuel. But, I mean, dude, corners – that position is very day and night. I mean, Jalen Ramsey's playing his ass off in Jacksonville, goes to the Rams, who are an overall better team, and even he's having a little bit of a rough outing right now. That's just the nature of the position. Yeah, I mean, he redeemed himself when he needed to, when it mattered the most. And, and that's we, all that matters. Yeah. And what all also matters is that we can actually take advantage of it and score a touchdown off of uh, turnover, which, I mean, it was only one yard, but still. Yeah, you know, Darius Guy's getting his, getting a big, you know, getting his touchdown and, you know, the two-point conversion, which was kind of, <laughs> oh, God. I mean, if we, this, this could just be a complete autopsy of Jeremy Sprinkle as a tight yeah. end. I mean. Dude got hit straight in the hands. Dwayne, you know, when even though people said he was completely incapable of it, put the ball exactly where it needed to be. And Jeremy Sprinkle just falls forward and relies on the ground to catch the ball for him. At first, I didn't think they had enough uh, enough on the camera to overturn the call. But, you know, if, I swear to God, like, the, the announcers were losing their minds if the Redskins kept possession of it and actually got two out of that. But, you know, like I said, got overturned. Mike Pereira with his eighth pair of glasses. He was in <laughs> one broadcast. was like, oh, it's clearly an incompletion, blah, 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 blah. So. Is one appearance of the game. Yeah, so I think that cut it down to what, 14-12? 14-12. Yeah, 
Yes, we had it 14-12 there because Sprinkle can't catch a ball. It's the size of a Nerf ball compared to me. And it's just inept. I mean, we'll see this later on in the game also. Jeremy Sprinkle just – he ain't it, Chief. No, he isn't. Um, Defense keeps holding strong. Lord behold, getting Kyle Allen just – uncomfortable out of the pocket he's just he looks he, he looks like sam donald seeing some ghosts out there in his own home stadium it was bad dude. yeah it was really bad this is this is the point of the game where you know the, the commentators were along the lines of you know we don't want to take away credit from the washington redskins but i mean that's honestly exactly what they do every single game and uh this is kind of where carolina started shooting themselves in the foot a little bit now i think mccaffrey got a nice little check down and sean Dion hampton was all over christian and christian didn't come out the ball there were a couple quick plays and then there was a quick three and out for them so we're nearing the two minute warning at halftime and it's like oh we got a two-point game defense is getting them off the field what the hell is going on this is not your father's redskins what, what, what no. is this it's like we felt bad the first quarter and like gave them a handicap 14 points to start yeah it's like i'll give you a five-yard head start go ahead like, we gotcha we, we just wanted y'all to think that we were this bad but we're not yeah so and- very important thing with Haskins' development is a two-minute drive. So this was the chance, you know. Coming out at halftime, we have about two minutes left, and we got the balls right under it. Haskins lead the way, helped by some uh, penalties on uh, Carolina. But Shout-out to Ross Crockwell. That's literally all yeah. he does. That's, that's, <laughs> his, that's his X factor is getting penalties. Deep and, sim. you know, I mean, Haskins also did this without Morgan Moses, who, you know, another breaking report, should be able to play this weekend against Green Bay, thank God. That would be a huge, huge downfall for us to have him one-on-one with Preston Smith. But good yeah. news. <laughs> We're safe. Yeah, thank God. He hit, he hit Harmon with a 20-yard little uh, gain to the deep left. That was nice. That oh, yeah. And, and drive spe- the ball down, man. Speaking of perfectly timed balls, uh, Stevie Sims had a great, I think it was a smash concept on the left sideline. Dwayne put it exactly where it needed to be. So, and then, you know, there was that just absolute just dime he threw in between two defenders on the right sideline to Chris Thompson, put threaded the needle, put it exactly where it needed to be. You know, I thought this was just a guy that all he did was run screen passes in Ohio State. But, you know, hit, seeing him come out and play the part and do exactly what we were hopeful that he could do was nice, especially like you said in the two minute drill. Yeah. And my, one, of my, one of our favorite plays after, I mean, Haskins got sacked because the protection was god awful. And luckily we recovered it. But right after that, Jeremy Sprinkle with oh, God. dramatic, like, gronk impersonation, just plowing his guy and throwing him, like, 20 yards away. I to- mean, right in front of the line, Judge. <laughs> I mean, dude, this is – we're not the Houston Rockets. This isn't the NBA. They're going to call that shit when it's right in front of them. I I was getting hyped. I was like, oh, shit. And then I saw the replay, and I was like, Jeremy, what the hell was that? You're not Tony Gonzalez, bro. What the hell? They but- realized hit him with the rock bottom before he tried to catch it. <laughs> But, I mean, nonetheless, we were in field goal position. You know, we were hopeful, like, oh, my God, we're going to get a one-point lead for halftime. And then Josh Taylor on the kick gets shanked. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> my kicking ability in Madden is as bad as it gets. Yeah, we're going to upload that after the game, uh, after the pod drops. Yeah. But uh, Josh's first – our first burgundy breakdown bowl didn't go too hot for Josh Taylor. But, uh, nonetheless, uh, field goal gets completely shanked. Uh, so, you know, we're like, oh, my God, there's the Redskins. We know. Going yeah. into half down 12-14, which you would think would, would be us having momentum. But, you know, us getting a lead back in a game is like Haley's Comet happens once every 45 years. So It's funny. They were like – they said like after the kick was blocked, they are like going into halftime. Like who actually has like momentum right now? Because it doesn't feel like anybody really does. No, because like, we were we were so bad at finishing drives. Yeah. So. But, Lord and behold, we got the ball to start in the second half. Thank the Lord. And then Adrian Peterson decided to awaken and come out of his glacier like Captain America and – <laughs> get, get it get it going. 
father time, you know, racking up some yards open second uh open second half. Yeah, he was I mean, he was eating and him and Geist both, it was like a tag team. They just two headed monster, man. Shout out to Jay Gruden who thought that would never be a thing or ever work. Um yeah. but, you know, didn't I, AP. something else that happened in this game which was kinda what'd you say? I said, Yeah, thank God Callahan didn't bench AP. Yeah. I, <laughs> I think the fact that that ever happened anyway to begin with is absolutely insane. That, that was the nail in the call. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, he and he died embracing Colt McCoy in New England. I, enough about Jay Gruden. I, I swear I'd never talk about that crime <laughs> again. But uh, for one time on this drive and, and this game overall, Terry McLaurin actually looked kind of human, which, I mean, he he's not going to care. He just wants to win. But he, you know, Dwayne, people were criticizing Dwayne for not being able to put the ball where it needed to be deep, but he threw an absolute missile to Terry and went straight through his hands. Yeah, you're not going to see that often. But. No, not often at all. I think even the DBs were confused. Like, oh, he didn't catch that? What the hell? Because, I mean, you know, Terry McCorn, man, I mean, just top 100 player in this league at this point. I mean, like Ojo Cinco said, man, kid runs route like, routes like a 10-year veteran. Looks, looks. I mean, he's absolutely finessing all pro corners out there. It's absolutely insane. Yeah. I mean, he got a lot of kudos last week from Darius Slay. And, I mean, he's just – And Darius Slay is a fast dude, man. Yeah. And Darius – dude. Some wide receivers. Like, I mean, he's – he, he plays against Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs, Devontae Adams, Marvin Jones Jr., Kenny Galladay twice a year. He so. knows what it takes to be a good receiver in this league, and he knows that Terry – he knows that if Dwayne didn't miss those couple throws, that Terry's stat line would have been nuts. But, you know, every good receiver throws up an egg every now and then. It's it's no not, nothing against Terry. You know, it happens. But um, we were we were getting it going on, these dry, on this drive, man. I mean, you know, Dwayne had an absolutely great throw under pressure. Threw it off his back foot across his body to freaking Jeremy Sprinkle. Huge gain. Oh, it, was, it was bizarre to see Jeremy Sprinkle actually do something good on offense. But <laughs> good for him. Yeah, he uh, – I mean, like you said, the, the, the pass protection was not at all, like, what you wanted for this game. But still, like, Haskins – I mean, I know we see later in the game where he, like, breaks a little third down run. He gets away from, like, two or three guys and Sprinkle drops it. But still, like, he's just showing that he can move in the pocket when he has to. He can make something. Not every single play is going to be magic. Like, no. It's not, it, it's not Lamar Jackson. Like, no, it's not. He knows what he is. He knows his identity. After the game, he said that, you know, he feels like his mobility is very overshadowed. He felt like it was something that during the draft process, draft process people were very critical of. But, I mean, he'll tell you himself that he can move. He's a big guy. He's hard to bring down. And he uses that physicality as a weapon. I mean, you know, like I said during this drive, you know, him to be able to make some of the throws that he made, stay in the pocket the way he did, it was absolutely impressive. And, you know, we strung together a little drive here and took the lead 15-14. So it looked like, you know, this was going to be a competitive second half. We're not used to Redskins teams coming out in the second half having adjustments, you know, and, and playing the way they did. But defense came out hard, man. John Bostic blowing up Christian McCaffrey. And then, you know, like I said earlier, a little bit of a theme in this game, you know, not take away credit from the Redskins, that little caveat in there like the commentary team did. You know, that the Panthers were shooting themselves in the foot a lot. Curtis Samuel, right. wide open drop. Um, but like, but, but kudos to the defense in a sense that they were getting in Josh Allen's face and forced the three and out early. So, yeah, I mean, listen to this: two first two drives for the Panthers touchdown. After that, punt, 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 interception, punt, 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 punt. So, I mean, that's like, yeah, I mean, Christian McCaffrey should have came up with some of these, you know, passes, and you know, Curtis Samuel who had a great first quarter, and so did DJ Moore. That that. You know, it's their job to perform, man. You can take away from the defense as much as you want, but they got you off the field. It is what it is. Had yeah. kind of a scary moment with Montez Sweat getting hurt with his quad, but, you know, apparently he's all right, good to go for Sunday as well. So, Yeah, I mean, it's just – yeah, he's he's good, hopefully. But, um, like I said, he definitely shut up in the first first part of the game and 
second part of the game, the young guys came in and was like, all right, we're going to start making some plays. Yeah, so. man. Nate Orchard, shout out, man. I mean, oh, this, man. This, this was his coming out game. You know, we wanted, you know, Junior Gallette to get a look, but to see a guy like Nate Orchard with Cleveland Browns got released, comes over here. For him to have the game he did, he had absolute phenomenal pursuit of Kyle on almost the entire game and Christian McCaffrey as well. Um, one of the definitely bigger moments in the second half was probably the Greg Olson play. So earlier in the game, like we had mentioned, Trey Quinn got absolutely executed. They didn't, they, they called a flag. He was completely defensive, helmet to helmet, got a concussion. Later in the game, Panthers fans were singing a different song, though. Uh, Greg Olson got sent immediately to the afterlife. Oh, my God. <laughs> Ryan Anderson absolutely put his shoulder in the dude's chest and annihilated him. You know, shoulder. they wanted, they wanted to say it was helmet to helmet, but what were your thoughts on that head? I don't, I don't think that was the case. No, it was a bang-bang play. They both, in, like, went down and embraced the hit at the same time. Like, it wasn't like Ryan – Anderson was like head hunting, like um, I mean, it wasn't like a Brian Dawkins led like crown, like no a man. I mean, I feel like he was James Harrison or something. I mean, Olson came across the field and Anderson gave him the smoke. Now, the, you know, and I understand he got through the flag, but the biggest, the biggest thing for me in that that kind of set me ablaze was the fact that Anderson got ejected for this. Yeah, that I mean, that was too far. I mean, even guys in DC media like JP Kime and other people were, were talking about how much of bullshit it was. I'm sorry for the language, but I mean, it's just the truth. How much BS oh. it was that Anderson got ejected for this. I mean, this is complete inconsistency by the officiating. I mean, this is kind of why you need full time refs, man. You got to have guys that have been in this position before. But I mean, it's as much as I want to say it was it was that. I mean, it was just complete ineptitude by the refs just to you know, throw Anderson at the game, who's a strong guy, did everything he needed to do, hit him about as hard as he could within, you know, within the guidelines, but not throw at a guy like DeAndre White for completely hitting a defenseless Trey Quinn who who gave himself up, basically. I mean, I know he didn't wave it down, but, you know, he knocked freaking Trey Quinn out of the game. But, you know, like, people were just – I think it was just because of the nature of the hit. It was such a vicious hit. I mean, football's a vicious game, but – you know, to throw to throw Anderson out like that, I thought was com- was completely childish, and and just shows how inconsistent the officiating is in the NFL. Yeah, if he doesn't get like, I mean, he was knocked out briefly, but he was out. Like, he was yeah, out I mean, it's football, time. man. You get caught like that, and you don't see it coming. I mean, it happens. Yeah, and if that wouldn't happen, they probably wouldn't have like thrown the flag. But still, it doesn't change the fact that it wasn't like a targeting. It wasn't like an intentional head to head. It was just a bang bang play. They were both coming over the middle. Everybody knows the middle's dangerous. Like, it just happens. Like yeah, man. I mean, it's, it's your decision. Like, you know, you you throw your players into plays like that. I mean, uh, Peyton Manning, when he was on the Denver Broncos in 2015, um, he threw a, just a bomb to Manuel Sanders down the right sideline. And Mark <laughs> Barron absolutely took uh, his head off. You don't dude, throw your players bad. into situations like that, man. And, and, and Kyle Allen did that to Olsen. So, they got a huge, a huge break from this. Got a penalty. But uh, – Gunny Lock shut him down, got him off the field. You know, good, great for the defense to bounce back during that. I was one of the biggest things I was afraid of out of this was that you know this was going to be one of our little things we were going to have to complain about because we lost. But see the defense, you know, stay in the game, retaliate, and get him off the field is great. And then probably the play of the game in my eyes that ended up being you know coming, nothing came out of it, but the third and eleven by Dwayne Haskins where he just scrambled, made four dudes miss like the goat, and then he hits Jeremy Sprinkle dead in the hands. God, God, man. I mean, that was I was freaking out, partner, man. And, and just to see Sprinkle not finish the play, you know, I, I mean, this is I'm just gonna go ahead and straight up say this to Jeremy Sprinkle. I don't know if he'll ever hear me say this, but this is your chance, dude. Vernon Davis out, Jordan Reed out, you know, draft coming up. You get an audition to show that you're our guy and, and you got to come up with plays like that, man. You're a starting tight in the NFL. You know, you're a good blocker, nothing against you. But at the same time, man, when Dwayne Haskins makes absolute magic like that in the pocket, 
and you can't come up with the ball that hits you directly in the hands to get that first down to keep the drive alive, we just we can't have that. Period. No. Yeah, no, he's just he's just hurting his stock on the team, and I mean, I'd like to keep him as like a backup. Obviously, I do not want him starting next year. I do not feel good about. No, that. absolutely not. Um, so I mean, we're definitely going to take a look at tight ends come up in the draft from the podcast, but um, so that I mean, that was a huge buzz kill because, like you said, Haskins is making some magic, but. Lo and behold, defense was still making a good stand. And then Darius Geis said, all right, this game's getting it's like a little snooze fest. I don't like this little, <laughs> this little one-point lead we got. I need to bust one up. And lo and behold, Darius Geis just turns it up, and he just trucks his way through. Yeah, absolutely. Kills, <laughs> kills everybody, man. I think his final stat line was 10 oh carries, 129 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, he had it was a coming-out performance for him. Yeah, this was listed as like one of the top plays of the week, and he is currently nominated for the FedEx. Uh, was like the ground runner of the week. It's him, Derrick Henry, and somebody else. But so go vote on Twitter. Why you still have? Oh yeah, guys, vote him up. I think it's hashtag. What? What's the hashtag for it? I don't know, man. It's, just... uh, it's, it's like ground player of the week. Anyway, guys, go, go vote for Derrick, guys, man. Everybody loves him. Mystics yeah. retweeting it. Nationals retweeting it. Wizards retweeting. Everybody's trying to get that train going, man. Darius guys has been a very very big, big figure in D.C. sports, you know, even though he's dealt with injuries very early and very often. A lot of adversity, a lot of criticism for me, other people. You know, this was, this was a big moment for him to come out and show that he can he can be that bull, bull cow back that we need him to be, man. And I, I was proud of him, and I felt like, you know, the fans, it was definitely a morale boost for him. And to see that, you know, the future of our backfield is in good hands, even with AP, it, it was just – it was it was a feel-good moment. Yeah, so go to at NFL. They're the ones that put up the uh, – the, uh voting for that so i think it ends like tomorrow or so yeah just you know go vote for him guy also uh vote trust way to the pro bowl man i mean i i don't feel like there's many players on our team other than maybe terry and a couple others that deserve that voting but i, I think the, the definitive clear front runner is trust way i mean he actually was, was his first touchback today it was he only has I mean, two the whole season yeah that's that's absolutely <laughs> Not insane two. i mean people really sleep on special teams man but this has been a really bad season for, for kickers, man, and, and punters and everybody. And for him to just be as dominant and be such a constant in that. And, and dude, I, I think it's just because we've seen it live. Just, just yeah. he is so impressive, man. He put, he, it, it, he has complete control of himself and where the ball goes, no matter the circumstances. So vote for Tressway Pro Bowl, you know, vote for Terry McCorn Pro Bowl. Just go out there and make our voices be heard. Dunny. People, yeah. people, yeah, Dunny too. People want to sleep on the Redskins, man, but we've got some players here, man, and, and I'd love to see them in Hawaii. That'd be really sweet. So go vote. And like, and like we said with Tressway, it's not like he's not on the field because we punt a lot. Yeah, God knows we punt a lot. Jesus. <laughs> like that's what makes it even more impressive. Like he's punting like eight, nine times a game and he's not getting any touchbacks. Like it's, that's impressive. So definitely should have got it last year. I think he will this year. Put some respect on his name. <laughs> uh, but Lord behold, we actually do something that's very uncharacteristic, and we get a larger lead like that. I don't. Yeah, that know. never happens. To see us have twenty nine points on the board was honestly bizarre. I was like, "What the hell is this? Am I playing Madden?" Was this our biggest lead of the season? I no question. I think for us to have a lead in the second half in general was impressive. For us to be up twenty nine to whatever it was was definitely it was huge. I know. Well, we did have a seventeen zero lead on the Eagles to start the season, but oh, since, I don't want it. That was a completely different team in my eyes. <laughs> yeah. Since then, I mean. That's I didn't think that would even be possible, let alone at Carolina, like against the Panthers, like with their defense. So, yeah, def- no, but I mean, not even just guys, man. AP was like right behind him, man. I mean, they oh, finished. I think they had like at this point had like two hundred thirty-three yards combined. He had a huge touchdown in the fourth as well. Um, Kelvin Harmon, nice couple catches, like I said, filling in for Pierich. Uh, but you know, AP up the middle, another touchdown, put us up. 
big with 426 left in the fourth. So it looked like it looked like we had this game in hand, man. I mean, I feel like everybody was feeling good. Risk and Twitter was I think people were crying on the timeline, both good and bad. But yeah. you know, definitely definitely a high point this season for us. And it, it felt bizarre to even be in that position. But you know, it was it was it was it, what would follow was just a bizarre series of events. Yeah. I literally, like, I felt like I walked out of the living room for five seconds, walked back in, and they were just – Carolina's in the game. I was like, what the – what? Yeah. I was like, like, all right, this is like a little garbage, like, score. Like, they scored. Like, I thought Fabian Murrow got another interception, and they ruled it that he didn't. Yeah, Kyle Allen showing some of his uh, mobility, showing it, you know, power with his legs, ran it in, rushed touchdown. So, Kyle Allen looked like Josh Allen. Then what would ensue would be what I like to call the young Hoku effect. And then NFL this season. I don't know what the hell is going on with onside kicks, but it's Dude. it's been absolutely bonkers. Some, I mean, it was terrible coverage by us. Like Carter, like sprinted down and just like yeah. Callahan said he blew the assignment, and you could you could see. Yeah, uh, they had actually missed twenty nine straight onsides. I think it was since what ninety seven. They hadn't made onsides since twenty. Since like nineteen ninety eight. That is crazy. absolutely insane, man. I feel like we're that team that people just always yeah. get their big break the records on, man. That's like, what, yeah. What record have you had for twenty years? Let's let's see if we can. Yeah, let's, we'll see if we can manage to mess that up. And I actually saw people tweeting. I, I, it's like people had already accepted the fact that we were going to lose, even though they were down eight. They were like. Oh man, guys has a great game. We dropped twenty nine. Hassan looks good, and we lose and keep our draft position. That's awesome. I was like, what kind of dude? That, that's that's only some crap you can see a Redskins fan tweet, man. Yeah. So they get the they're, they're, they're still, driving with one minute left, man. It's not looking good. Yeah, I was like, they still need to get the two point conversion. Like, it's not easy. Like, no, they, and and they uh, were in our and throughout most of the game, man, they were having problems moving the ball in the second half. But of yeah. course, they had no problems this drive. DJ Moore driving. It gets them no. down the one yard line. It almost looked like you know, it was a sure thing that they were going to at least get be in oh, position yeah. to tie this up. I was like, all right, they got Christian McCaffrey's first in goal on our one. I mean, come on, that is where Christian McCaffrey scores his but, signature I, touchdown. But then I don't know what the hell happened. I don't know what Minuski put in the Gatorade. Adam, I don't know what Adam. the hell happened at practice week, but we showed up when it mattered. I mean, just out of nowhere, the the savior of the game, Nate Orchard. Nate. <laughs> Arose, arose from the ground, branches full. Josh has freaking tweeted about Nate Orchard more in the last few days, probably than anybody's ever talked about this dude in his entire I'll life. Get his jersey, like on oh God, I will get his jersey. Hey, it was Cyber Monday, man. You already missed your chance. God dang it! <laughs> but yeah, Nate Orchard and the defense, defensive line, Deron Payne back, were just blowing up the Panthers' D line. Three straight runs. I mean, it was it was crazy, man. It was almost like it was a certainty that that McCaffrey, like we said, was going to score. But I mean, for the defense to step up then. And get them to fourth and goal was absolutely huge. Yeah, he got stuffed twice. Like I was like, okay. And then the like most like pass rushing play I've ever seen by the Redskins in my life. Kyle Allen just full sprints backwards twenty. I mean, years. I don't know what the hell he was doing. <laughs> I, I, I guess he was watching some Russell Wilson tape or something. Dude scrambles back forty yards, thinking somebody's going to get open. Missed somebody wide open in the flats. Even though you know we want to act like Dwayne Haskins is the only person who's able to make mistakes like that. But like you said, he he scrambles back 30 yards. And Nate Orchard, big Odom, play. Odom and Orchard just – it's like it's like the Dudley brothers tag team and just hit him with a 3D and just he fumbled. <laughs> like that. <laughs> it was beautiful. I was so hyped, dude. I mean, I, you know, people are going to knock me for being that hype about a 3-9 football team, but I don't care, man. I'm a Redskins fan at heart. And it was, it was a feel-good moment to see the defense for once and forever finish a game and, you know – just a feel-good moment for the Redskins, man, to go to 3-9 to and beat Carolina at home. And 
it kind of sucks that it came at the expense of Ron Rivera, but hey, if he ends up in DC, then I guess it, it comes full circle, baby. This could be the win of the season if he comes to DC. That's oh all. my god, dude! It's like, it's like we took him from him. That'd, that'd be awesome. I'm not gonna get my hopes up too high, but you know, like I said, it was it was it was great, man. Get two wins in a row. See, we're, we're kind of starting to see a little bit of a sparkle in everybody's eyes. You know, after the game, you know, Haskins said he you know he wasn't trying to buy a ticket and, and be too much of a bystander, but I mean, he him himself had a great game. I think PFF said he was the highest-rated player in the field during the game, you know, and it was just good. Good overall team performance, man. I mean, like I said, Sweat came out. Um, Peterson and guys got that two-headed monster going, um, you know. I, just overall, man, I, it was just a great team win. And, you know, guys like Matthew Ioannidis, who's come out, is really the guy that everybody wants Ryan Kerrigan to be. At, at the end of the game, he got his total up to seven and a half sacks in the season. So, it just yeah. great team win, man, great team win. Yeah, you love to see it. Chris Odom had two sacks. Nate Orchard had a sack that, I mean, ended the game. So, two random guys that we signed this week that I think we're going to see a lot of. And people are like, well, that's what happened to, like, Noah Spence and stuff. But, I don't know, it just feels different with Nate Orchard and Chris Odom. Nate Orchard's been around for a little while. Like I said, he was on the Browns. just didn't work out. Um, so, I can't wait to see what we get out I'll, of it. I'll tell you what else you hate to see is a little bit of, a little bit of a clamor in the NFC East is, you know, around this time that our game ended and we got our second straight win in a row, Daniel Jones eliminated from playoff contention. Oh. Get it, getting tallied up to 21 turnovers over the year. Where are you at, Giants fans? Uh, that's all I got to say. Where are you at now? Because when Daniel Jones was playing running back against the Bucks and everybody was saying that he was the savior and they should have taken, you know, him over Haskins and it all came to – they were acting like it was all coming to fruition. Here we are weeks later. Haskins still in still in the contention for the playoffs, as crazy as it sounds, and Daniel Jones eliminated. Daniel Jones twenty one turnovers, and like I said, Haskins highest rated player on the field today. So definitely a definitely a good time to be a Redskins fan, as crazy as it sounds in December after the start we had. So So I'll say this. Like we said, they they beat the Bucks and they beat us and they just swore Daniel Jones was like the next savior in New York. And then they play the Vikings, L, Patriots, L. Okay, like they're good teams. Cardinals, yeah, so understandable. You know, L. even I wasn't, you know, switching my stance that fast. No, Cardinals, L, Lions, who we just beat, and this was a better Lions team. Like two than, teams, you should beat if if Daniel Jones is quote unquote, you know, the best quarterback in the draft. But they didn't. L. But they didn't. So, like I said, Giants fans, stay L. humble. You know, we took Landon from you, but you got great value, Landon, with your Bill Peppers, and and I promise you, I wanted to be there, but I. That is going to be a completely different song. That is going to be a completely different game come around next oh, time we face y'all. Believe yeah. that. Eight straight L's for the Giants, and they play the Eagles, Dolphins, Redskins, and then Eagles again. So it doesn't matter. They're out of the playoffs. Yeah, so. I mean, you know, like I said, Jones is absolutely struggling, even with Saquon on the field, Evan Ingram, Strong Shepard. He's got weapons, man. Honestly, at one point more than, you know, Haskins has. And, uh, of course, you can hear people say, Haskins started later than him, blah, blah, blah. Haskins, you know, stats are terrible. Okay, if you want to look at statistics, the only multiple interception game he ever had was under the Jay Gruden era. And I'd like to see anybody succeed in the Jay Gruden era unless he's completely all in on you like he was on Kirk. So, ever since Dwayne's been a starter, he has more touchdowns than picks. And he's taking care of the ball, man. And, you know, like JP said, you know, he released an article, you know, after the game saying that, you know, this was a very Alex Smith-esque type of game for Haskins, which is no coincidence. Alex Smith working very closely with him, you know, taking the opposite route of Case Keenum. But shout out to Case Keenum for being ready to take the knee since that's always good for him. And, you know, <laughs> for those that are wondering, you know, Josh tweeted, Haskins took the knee, guys. He took the knee. I, yeah. I know that was such a big deal to some of you. You know, shout out to Joe Theismann with his robot leg, you know. Whatever, you know, you guys can keep worrying about the wrong things. We'll keep worrying about the right things, and 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 we're worried about this freaking win streak, baby. And 
you know, we got a big, big game coming up this Sunday. So. Yeah, if if we somehow pull this one out, like that's going to open a lot of eyes. And... Yeah, and, and people think I'm crazy about talking about you know the playoff scenario. All we need is for Dallas to do Dallas things and lose out. I mean, they got a Bears team that got a very stout defense this Thursday. We got a freaking we. All we need is the Eagles go one and three in their last four, and they just lost to the damn Miami Dolphins, who are over there running the Miami special. Yeah. I mean, Miami's making memes about yeah. them over there. You know, Philly fans are burning Foles, uh, burning Wentz jerseys, which I mean. You know, it's Philly fans. What do you expect? And oh, then, you know, like this is wrong, and they're they're ready to yeah send out threats to him. But yeah, and all we need the Giants to do is play spoiler a couple games. So it, it's not impossible, man. I like you said, it's if we pull out the win against the nine and three Packers this Sunday in Lambeau, I definitely feel like that conversation comes on a lot stronger and picks up a lot more heat. But still, it it it's there, man. It's there. So yeah. What are your thoughts coming into this in this Packers game? You think we got a chance? What, what's your honest prediction? Well, I want to piggyback off something you said earlier, and we've talked about it before, like with Haskins. Like, people are still, like, roasting this guy, and we see, like, the obnoxious – I wouldn't even call them fans. I would just say bystanders that are, like, talking about, like, well, how come all these other young guys, like, that didn't get drafted that high are playing? Oh, people? my God. Gardner Minshew lost his job, and people were absolutely wearing stupid Ron Burgundy mustaches to games, acting like he was the yeah. second coming of Brett Favre. <laughs> You know so, what? I can get hype about my damn franchise quarterback. It's just like those idiots in freaking Jacksonville can. Whatever. Yeah, Bowles, so, Bowles got benched. Yeah. I mean, name After some, name some more guys benched. around the league that are supposedly, quote, unquote, you know, their next franchise quarterbacks. Mr. Trubisky taking over Patrick Mahomes and freaking um, Deshaun Watson. Everybody was acting like he was the second coming of Christ last year, even though Matt Nagy was just putting a damn Band-Aid on that team and trying to cover up all of his weaknesses as much as humanly possible. Yeah, like – we didn't trade like eight first round draft picks like the Bears did for Haskins, <laughs> and like if, and like Tom Brady, he played like cheeks last last week. And people and like we talked about this, like how we're gonna like go through and look at the first round QBs and draft. Oh like, my god! Literally, so the only two that stand out that are actually having some kind of success are Pat Mahomes and uh, Lamar Jackson, who are who was drafted like late in the first. Yeah, who also like, you know that, had plenty of showed plenty of weakness last season, you know. Didn't didn't I mean even I know it's eons better than what we did, but at the same time Lamar Jackson had kind of a rough time against a, what is now a very bad San Diego Chargers team in the playoffs last season. But you know he turned it around, man. I'd much rather Dwayne trend downward than trend upward than vice versa. Oh, dude, and it's crazy. Like, I mean, listen, like like you said, Nick Foles getting his jersey burned. Baker Mayfield, Browns fans were hating him the last few weeks, and they just got killed by the, the Steelers. And people, yeah, are, man, and then that's still their guy. That guy's still shown that he can play and he can still be that quarterback. But people are so up and down. I'm tired of people who just have Redskins cups in their cabinets, don't go to games, don't watch the games, don't buy merchandise. Like I said, they got one piece of Redskins memorabilia in their house tweeting, you know, Haskins sucks. You don't know what the hell you're talking about. And I'm not saying I know what the hell I'm talking about. You know, I'm just another fan like you, but I'd like to say that I'm more – educated than to make you know just predetermined things like that like like you said man people are, are passing judgment on freaking haskins already and acting like he's already somebody we should move on from you know it the NFL, like jp said in their pod this week man you know it, the seasons are so night and day man it's it's you know seasons are in quarters in my opinion man the first quarter it's a completely different story second quarter completely different story third quarter we're in kind of the third or fourth quarter you know part of this season and you know it's completely the morale in the building and just the overall message of this team is completely different than it was three weeks ago yeah so people got to stop you know 
jumping the gun so early and, and, and giving up on guys like Haskins. He's not Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen is a complete bum. He even showed that in Miami. I mean, everyone's been Kyle so far. Have you heard name at all this season? No. I haven't heard a single thing about him. Like, does, is he even, like, alive still? Dude, and, and I swear, even Cardinals fans over there are acting like they're actually putting together something right now, and they're still losing games. So why, oh. can't, why can't I do that with Haskins? I mean, dude, if Haskins had 21 turnovers, oh, my God. The media would rip into him. Yeah, no, they'd be they'd be destroying him. But I mean, look, you got like Jeff Driscoll, not good. David Blau, terrible. Um, Teddy Bridgewater and I'd say Ryan Tannehill, like the only two like quote unquote backup quarterbacks that did something this year. Well, I mean, even with Teddy Bridgewater, I hate to cut you off, but even with Teddy Bridgewater, that team is loaded, bro. Yeah. Alvin Kamara, freaking Michael Thomas. I-, I can sit here and name all their superstars. They built a team. Lattimore. I mean, yeah, they built a team so that a guy like a capable guy who's able to keep you afloat like Teddy Bridgewater can come in, move the chains, and look great. That's what we need with Haskins. This roster is far from a finished product, so we need to build around Dwayne. And it's good to see him that he's not making horrible decisions like giving away the ball when he shouldn't. He's keeping us afloat. So once we actually put a roster together, maybe like the New Orleans Saints did, I mean, we're far from it, but if we were able to do something like that, Haskins would look amazing. I mean, he already looks like he, he, you know, he's more than capable, but, you know, we got to be patient, man. Don't listen to these idiots who, like I said, have a Redskins cup in their house and calling themselves fans. There is rumblings in the building, you know, that, that Haskins is finally putting it together, man. It's the little things, man. You know, he needs, he needs to go to the sideline. Look at those wide-open guys that he missed in this game. Like, you know, Sims on that zig early, Harmon on that out early, you know. He, he Of course he's going to tuck the ball and run, you know, when it's wide open downfield. You idiots do it in Madden. So, of course, big kid like Haskins, you know, athlete's going to do it in, in, in game. He's going to learn from these mistakes, and he's going to end up putting it together. I mean, Jameis Winston over in Tampa Bay finally starting to look like the franchise quarterback they need. They He's making Chris Ball, Chris Godwin look like an all-pro receiver over there. Yeah, I mean, he's the guy got that everybody was saying, you know, James Winston should have been canned this offseason. Yeah. I mean, listen to this. You got Sam Darnold, first-round draft pick, got skunked by the Bengals. He hasn't done anything relevant in his whole career. Tennessee Titans, Marcus Mariota, Heisman winner, first-round draft pick. He got benched like three weeks ago. He's done. You got, let's see, Cleveland, where he said Baker struggling. You got Duck Hodges starting for the Steelers. Winning. Yeah, you got Derek Carr getting blown out by the Chiefs, not looking good. In the Jets. I mean, it's if you're going to sit here and, and focus all this in here on the Washington Redskins, like you said, man, you need other fans of fans of this team who are not watching their GameCast fans need to go around the league and look at other teams who have everything they should have, all the tools to win, and they're still not winning either. Yeah. I mean, Phillip Rivers is slowly fading away into the sunset. God, with his 14 it's, kids. Kirk Cousins chokes on Monday Night Football. Oh, God. Yeah, shout out to Kirk Cousins. $30 million a year. I, I got a buddy at work. We were doing over-unders. I said over-under. He blows it. I, I don't even know if it was over-under or not, but I said he was going to blow it in the last two minutes. I mean, <laughs> Kirk Cousins has every freaking tool you need to succeed, but you take away the catalyst of that offense and Dalvin Cook, and he completely crumbles. Kirk Cousins is a guy that leans on other people to, to, you know, get moving and just takes credit since he's the quarterback. And you know what? If other people are going to ride Kirk Cousins' coattails, if that team could go 8-3 with a guy like Kirk Cousins at the helm, then you're damn right I like Dwayne Haskins as a possible franchise quarterback for this team because I feel like Dwayne Haskins has the arm talent, has decision-making, has everything he does between his ears to, you know, have the football IQ if he can sit there and duel with a guy like Luke Keekley. I feel like Haskins could blossom into something that's five times the product that Kirk, that Kirk Cousins is. I mean, Kirk Cousins got drafted where he got drafted for a reason. The guy's very limited. 
I mean, you know, people said he's got the social anxiety of a teenage girl in these primetime games. Speaking of primetime games, Kirk Cousins, 0-8 all-time, has not won a Monday night football game his entire career. Terrible. Absolutely pathetic. So if you guys are going to put bums like Kirk Cousins on that pedestal who completely choke when it matters on Monday night football when he's got everything he needs, oh, wait, he lost Devin Cook, he lost Stephon Diggs. That defense is absolutely <laughs> insane. You have Xavier Rhodes, Anthony Barr, Eric Kendricks, Harrison Smith. I don't want to hear it. Everson Griffin. Dan, I, I just don't want to hear it, guys. If you're going to make excuses for guys like freaking Kirk Cousins, then I do not want to hear the hatred for a rookie quarterback who started halfway through the season, head coaching change, out of left tackle, hit, for him to you know have hiccups here and there. If you're going to sit there and crown guys like Kirk Cousins, I don't want to hear a damn thing you have to say about freaking Dwayne Haskins. Sorry about it. We don't have Dalvin Cook. We don't have Stephon Diggs. We don't have Adam Thielen. We don't have Kyle Rudolph. And, like, Phillip Rivers has Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Hunter Henry for crying out loud. I don't want to hear it. Exactly. I mean, these no. teams should be stringing together wins. We got, we got Jeremy Sprinkle. Yeah, and they're and look at Kirk Cousins losing in primetime football on a different team. I hey guys, I thought the Redskins were the problem. I thought we just didn't want to give him what he wanted. No, we saw right through that bum. We knew what he was worth, and we know that he is never going to be, you know, he'll never be a one man show like Russell Wilson. I mean, last night you saw there was a you know, tale of two cities, man. I mean, you got Russell Wilson, one man show over there, not making damn excuses, building a culture. You know, one of the one of the freaking front runners for MVP this season. Then you got guys like Kirk Cousins who are just complete bystanders and limit everyone around them. I mean, this team was one game away from the Super Bowl with Case Keenum, for God's sake. And you can't come over there and make something happen? What a complete joke. I, I, I couldn't be any happier that he's out of D.C., even, even though Alex Smith is off the field now. I couldn't be any happier to see Kirk Cousins fail even years later. Yeah, it just it blows my mind that people just in their imaginary world think that all these other quarterbacks drafted in the first round are just blossoming into these – just magical beings that throw 600 yards and eight touchdowns. Well, I mean, magical beings do exist. Uh, they're called Aaron Rodgers, who people are saying has a is having a down year. He has 22 no. touchdowns and two interceptions. I know that's a down year by his standards, but Jesus Christ, <laughs> don't act like this dude's Joe Flacco or something. Their yeah. defense is the best it's ever get been. They went out the offseason, got Darius Smith, snaps Preston Smith for us, who's having a 10.5 sack season. Hopefully this isn't a revenge game for him. But this this Packers team's talented, man. And if we lose, I won't be surprised. Uh, I'll be a little disappointed, but I won't be surprised. I mean, you know, like I said, man, Aaron Rodgers, one of the just freaking magicians in the league, even though, you know, like you said, they're hard to come by. So Aaron Rodgers is a special guy. You know, they, they got Devontae Adams, you know, homegrown talent, you know, grew him in a house, and he's turned into one of the best freaking red zone targets in the NFL this season. Uh, they got a two-headed beast a lot like us with Jamal Williams and Aaron, Aaron Jones over there. I mean, what are, so what are some you know, marquee players on the Packers that you took note of? I mean, definitely Rodgers, like, I got to be honest with you, like at Lambeau, they're going to skunk us and it's because of Aaron Rodgers and like their low key, no name defense. So like you said, like Aaron Jones is one of the top backs in the league, not just running the ball, but he's a third leading receiver also. Um, And then Devontae Adams, who's probably one of the most pure route runners who just came out of nowhere because of Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, man. And and, and like you said, they spent that, or like I said, they spent that money on on defense offseason, man. They already had guys like Kenny Clark, Blake Martinez at middle, um, they, they've got a very disciplined, sound defense that when they're good, they're good. And when they're bad, they're still pretty good. So, I mean, the pack, kudos to the Packers for, you know, going out and getting Matt before this offseason, a guy who can actually get along with Aaron Rodgers, letting Aaron Rodgers kind of lead the helm, building the run game. So th- this is no slouch Packers team. They're not burning the world down. They had a huge loss against the 49ers. 
couple weeks back and, you know, kind of showed that they may be not the number one seed by any means, but they're definitely no slouches and they're going to be playing in late December, January for sure. I don't think they're going to go like the NFC Championship game or anything, but Aaron They Rodgers could. Is- they could. If they string everything together, they could. I mean, if people are saying the Vikings can do it, I think Aaron Rodgers can certainly do it. They're, they're definitely not the elite of the NFC right now, but. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, 3,000 yards, 22 touchdowns, two interceptions, like you said. Leading receiver, obviously, Devontae Adams. But their second receiver, Marquez Valdez-Scandling. Never heard. <laughs> Third leading receiver, Alan Lazard. Geronimo Alan Lazard. Allen. I mean, just, this is, that's just a test, testament to how good Aaron Rodgers is. I mean, exactly. Christ. I mean, he turned Jeff Janis into a household name. Got that dude to deal somewhere based off of a freaking miraculous Hail Mary play in that Arizona playoff game. So, I mean, this, this, this Packers team, if they can get going, are dangerous. I mean, they, they get oh. off playing defense very well, running the ball, and then Aaron Rodgers can you, you, Aaron Rodgers can send him out five wide and run, it, run the damn team by himself if he wants. So, this is, a, this is a dangerous Packers team. We're going into their damn – Fan run state, fan run stadium. You know that it's going to be cold as hell. You know they had that snow game this week against the Giants where they absolutely skunked Daniel Jones. So it could be more of the same for us. But yeah. I'd like to say that we have a lot more momentum than the Giants right now. And I feel like if you know, thank God this two-headed monster, you know, comeback game happened when it did with Geis and Peterson because we're going to have to rely on those guys a lot this week. And oh, we're going to need, we're going to, we're going to have to bring our A game if we want to even have a shot in this game for sure. Yeah, like the only shot we have is if we just run the ball, control the entire game. Haskins like makes the right decisions, you know, doesn't let Preston Smith, you know, get his notorious strip sacks that he's been getting a lot this season. But I don't know. That their defense, it's not well known like with their names, but they're so freaking good. Like, yeah, dude, they, 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 they took Darnell Savage in the draft. That dude is an absolute yeah. stud, man. They they like I said, man, this is a quiet defense who who started off the season absolutely amazing, and and they're they're still there, and they're not marked down by injuries. This Packers team is in full force, and I, me and Josh have kind of differing opinions on how this game's going to turn out. I think the Redskins are going to pull this one out, uh, 27-24 late field goal by Hop. Um, but you know, there's nothing wrong with him saying how good the Packers are because then the day they are, man. This team, if they can get in January and get hot, then I mean, they're they're going to be dangerous and. You know, like I said, this is one of those games that, you know, we're going to kind of have to see how it goes. I know we're both off for Sunday. We're going to be watching it live. And I feel like it's fair to say that once – if we end up pulling this this win out in, in Lambeau, we can kind of start having that playoff discussion, as crazy as it sounds. Yeah. If we – I mean, if we win this, it'll be, like, probably, like, the big – like, most surprising win I can remember in Redskins history in a while. It'll, it'll be a huge upset. And, and quite frankly, the, the Packers Chargers can, a few years ago, that was, that was probably, like, one of the top ones when we beat – like a really good Chargers team a few years ago. But this one, man, it's at an historic field against one-of-a-kind Aaron Rodgers, man. It's just – We're going to have a ringer eight game, run the ball, and the defense is going to keep up their hot streak. But I think they're going to pull it out. Josh doesn't. You know, tweet us your thoughts, predictions, whatever you guys think is going to happen. It's going to be a good game. I'm excited for it. Uh, hopefully we can, you know, keep it going, get a win. But, you know, we'll see what happens. But, um, yeah, you know, I, I, if I, I put, like, a little score prediction, I'd say just because of – Aaron Rodgers, and I don't know what the heck we're going to get with our secondary. It's either going to be good or it's just going to be bad. But, it, like, realistically, I'd say, like, 31-17, 31-20, something like that. It's just, like I said, Preston Smith, 10 and a half sacks. I don't think we can do anything with that. Like, he knows how we run our offense. He knows, like, what to expect out of us and – I mean, good lord! Kevin King's had four interceptions this season. They've yeah, got... they have a very, very good secondary that I didn't even mention. So, but yeah. you know, when it, when it comes to this Sunday, man, I, I'm gonna do what I do. I've been doing the last couple of weeks with the Detroit game, you know, and then the last week, I, I'm gonna hope for the best. So, I don't blame Josh. Josh is being a realist, and and speaking of being a realist, you know, there's 
definitely the side of the Redskins Twitter and Redskins fandom that I need to acknowledge. Guys like Burgundy Blog and other people are just absolutely torn to pieces that we're putting together this win streak right after Bruce Allen's job was announced that it was in danger. And, you know, right when we're getting in position to possibly be able to draft Chase Young. Just want to let you guys know something, though. Uh, On the other side of the spectrum, I'm going to go ahead and and preach my case on this before we go. You know, there are other bad teams in the league that are going to have top three picks. The Cincinnati Bengals with Zach Taylor, who looked like he worked at 7-11 for the season. Um, (laughs) He, I I didn't didn't even see him at the podium until this week because that's how long it's been since they've won. They were 0-11. You know, they the the two touchdown game over the Jets. You know, they they won their first game. You we we have other teams in the league that are worse than us, guys. And I'm not gonna sit here and hope that Haskins looks like fermented dog shit against everyone and hope that Terry has plays bad games. I'm not gonna wish for our mm-hmm. downfall and just the complete morale disabil just the to disable our team's morale and you know future in order to get a guy like Chase Young, who is do not get me wrong a once-in-a-generational talent. Dude's breaking records at Ohio State, and, you know, I would love for him to be in Burgundy and Gold, but I hate to break it to you guys. I think no matter this win streak happens or not, in fact, us winning this game didn't even affect the freaking draft order at all. So, I mean, I understand, you know, later down the line, if we actually, you know, put it together and somehow squeak into the playoffs, you guys would be upset about that. But at the same time, man, something that has not been said and needs to be said is that this draft is absolutely loaded. In case you guys forgot, Trent Williams is not going to be a Washington Redskin next year. That bridge is burned unless him and Dan Snyder kiss and have makeup sex. That's not going to happen. So, you need to hope for the best and, and hope that a guy like Andrew Thomas out of Georgia is on the board. I mean, that, that is a guy that can come in and play with Dwayne Haskins for the next 10 years and be an absolutely sensational talent, given right the protection now, that we need. Right now, CBS Sports mock draft has this drafting third, and they have us getting Andrew Thomas. They have Chase Young going second to the Giants. Who like I can out- see Chase Young to the Giants. It makes yeah, too much they're sense. They're out of playoff contention, like you said. They're, they don't care about anything. They don't care. They do not care. Wouldn't be surprised me if they even put in Eli, let him ride at his last little, you know, downsy, you know, go let, let him go on this little farewell tour. So the Giants are out of it. So they're they're gonna be ahead of us. And no no matter what. So are the Cincinnati Bengals. They're they're down AJ Green. I don't even know what their head coach looked like till this week. You know, those two teams alone are ahead of us in this. And the Miami Dolphins, I don't know what the hell is going on over there. That's like a the weirdest turn of events I've ever seen. And I honestly don't even know how to describe it. Devontae Parker's looking like a top five receiver over there right now. But if they continue like they have this season. Guess what? They're going to be top three as well. So I feel like we can still get a top five, top seven, you know, somewhere in that range pick and get a good player. You know, your boy Alabama, go and tell us a little bit about Jerry Judy. I mean, t- tell Redskins fans what they would be getting at somebody like him. Dude, Jerry Judy is one of a kind guy. Like you said, CD Lamb's projected to go like eighth right now. Jerry Judy's projected like fifth or sixth. Either one of those guys can come in like just like Terry McCorn and honestly might even be better. Like, no offense to Terry McCorn, but those guys are, like, that special. And you have guys like uh, Chesney Chenault from Colorado, very underrated wide receiver coming in. You got T. Higgins from Clemson. Don't even spare us the C.D. Lamb conversation, who Dude. looked like a stud even with Marquise Hollywood Brown on the other side. I mean, C.D. Lamb is going to be an all-pro, guys. I mean, this uh, – and, and, you know, I, I hate to say this because maybe it sounds like I'm jumping the gun a little bit, but, you know, back to Jerry Judy. That guy looks like Julio Jones out there. He He's not even the best receiver. You can make an argument he's not even the best receiver on his team, and he looks like an absolute stud. You know, people around the league are talking about how much of a, just a playmaker he's going to be. He's like a roided-up Calvin Ridley, man. He's, a, he's an absolute physical specimen, and he's somebody that I feel like if he came in here, man, he'd be that 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 just body we need to go up in the red zone and get those targets. But, but the craziest part and the best part about this win streak is that it's showing us what talent we do have for next year. And the craziest part is that even if we don't get Jerry Judy, we get Andrew Thomas, 
our receiving core looks fine. Kelvin Harmon becoming that guy that we can rely on to make those big possession catches. Paul Richardson didn't even play on Sunday. And, you know, we've got an all-pro number one receiver, top 100 player in Terry McLaurin, who we drafted in, what, the third round this season? So we have talent in that freaking wide receiving room. So, you know, we can really go wherever we want. You know, if Chase Young's on the board, we're in that position, take him. Take him, absolutely. But it is not this doomsday scenario that, you know, it, you know, it's over for us. It's it's awful. We didn't get our guy to make a difference if we don't get Chase Young. It's not that, it's not that bad. I, I don't know why everybody's freaking out as much as they are. If, if you're arguing more so is that you don't want to retain Bruce Allen, I get it. But when it comes to the NFL draft next year, we are going to get somebody who's going to be here for the next 10 years. Believe that. And we got Kelvin Harmon in the sixth round. And yeah. look how good he is. But this draft, like, I'm, like, drooling at how deep this wide receiver draft is. There's literally probably 10 to 12 guys just that can come in and make huge plays. Not even, like, early in the first round, like, late in the first round, Henry Ruggs from Alabama, Devontae Smith from Alabama. Yeah, and I, and believe me, I get it. We don't have a second-round pick, so we got to make that first-round draft pick count. But when it comes to offensive linemen in this league, defensive linemen, wide receivers in this league, like in, like in a fantasy league, the best ones go early. So we are going to be compensated, hopefully, for Trent Williams exiting or, you know, us finally able to go draft a wide receiver that isn't going to dud like freaking Josh Doxon did, one that makes more sense on paper. So, like I said, guys, keep your head up. You know, don't give up what you're doing. You know, it just be happy, man. Things are going. We're finally starting to see talent we do have, seeing weaknesses we have, seeing things we can go get. Hopefully, you know, we'll actually give tight end a look because Jeremy Sprinkle, you know, trademark ain't it, Chief. Um, but, yeah, man, so I think things this, are – I got to say, this mock draft right now, I, I love it just because obvious reasons. It has us getting Andrew Thomas one, and then the third round stealing Tylen Wallace from. Uh, he's a wide receiver out of Oklahoma State. Oh, that would be such a good. Dude, oh, he was the he was leading before he got hurt. He was a little banged up, but he was leading receiver in college. And then we have Najee Harris in the fourth round from Alabama. Oh my God! Dude, that was a, oh, and dude, was, we have Bryce Love on IR, awesome. who's gonna come in next year and be that just an amplified, voided up Chris Thompson, healthy. Dude, the future is bright in D.C. Be happy that things are looking remotely salvageable right now, guys. We I'll can go into this. freaking Lambo and get a win and be in DM playoff contention this Sunday if, if things go our way. And if not, guess what? It's still good to see that this team is capable of putting things together and we have a young core of players that can hopefully be here for the next 10 years and give us something to be excited about, guys. So in closure, anything else you want to add, Josh? I'll say this. If the Dolphins – last thing about the draft, if the Dolphins keep winning, they have three first-round picks and like 30 30- – picks this draft they have three first round picks if they keep winning they might want to move up and snatch someone from us if two of the players or whatever happens but so we could also move back and get more picks and make up that second maybe get a second out of the yes exactly see these are the things you guys need to be talking about do not get me wrong this time last year my girlfriend was begging me to be a patriots fan was willing to buy me merchandise dj stranger gets released i'm crying over that i'm at the lowest of lows alex smith's legs snapped in half we're retaining most of our coaching staff you know, all of our players are hurt. I was at the lowest of lows last season. And do you want to know why? Because I did not look ahead and stay positive. If you want to give up on us after this kind of rebuilding year where we're kind of, you know, putting our stock in and we finally cut dead weight and Jay Gruden after six years of ineptitude, if, if you don't think the future is bright, by all means, go root for a different team, quit recording pods, do what you need to do, man. But, but, but in the, the feeling of my gut and the feeling on the Burgundy Breakdown podcast, is an overall positive one, whether we win or lose this Sunday in Lambeau. I feel like next season we are going to, you know, we're going to have somebody to block for Dwayne. We're going to have that presence of middle linebacker with Ruben Foster. We're going to go get another wide receiver to, to complement an already great wide receiver room. We're going to have a completely healthy running back rotation for 16 games. We are going to be 
a different team next year, Bruce Allen led, Dan Snyder led or not, you know, you guys have got to hope that we can grow things in-house and become a force. And, and you just got to wish for the best, man. And if not, you know what to do, man. That's really all I got to say about that. Yeah, If you're still rooting for wins, kudos to you because we sure are. And, dude, I'm excited about the draft. Like, I know it's kind of far away, but I, it gets me so excited. Yeah, we'll have plenty of, plenty of content this offseason. Oh, yeah. But speaking of comp- content that isn't the podcast, uh, me and Josh just finished up the Burgundy Breakdown Bowl, played some draft champs, head-to-head Redskins versus Redskins. Got some good gameplay. Uh, Josh finally woke up from the ass whooping he received, but <laughs> it's all good. Josh is getting better. Uh, we, we got yeah. some pretty funny clips coming up. Got some Clinton Portis action, so pretty excited to drop that. But all in all, man, that was a really good way for the Redskins. Remaining hopeful going into week, you know, next week against Green Bay. We're both going to be off. We'll be tweeting you guys. You guys got any questions? You know, let us know. We're trying to get Nate Orchard on the damn pod. Add him to the list of people we've already contacted. His messages are not open, but I'm trying. I'm going to check. It's going to happen, man. Have faith. If JP can get the dude literally a six foot whatever NFL player crying on camera, I feel like we could get him on the pod. I mean, you know, the guy you definitely want to pull for him and uh, Chris, um, great additions. Absolutely. See if they keep it up against the Packers, but yep. I'm just happy the Redskins got to win. Yeah, man. Come hell high water. It's always H-E-T-R. You're always going to hear, you know, the best coming from us, the Burger Breakdown podcast. But Yep. And we will see y'all next week. Keep up with us on Twitter during the game because it has been popping lately. Hell, yeah. It's been popping. We appreciate Dude. it, guys. Really blessed. Yeah. We appreciate all of you. Yep. So it's at Berg underscore breakdown. Twitter. On Instagram, you know, even damn TikTok. I got that popping, bro. We're here for you guys. You know, we we, we want to hear the positive conversation just as much as the negative, guys. We got we to gotta hold each other up, man. We're, we're all in this together, so. Yep. Keep an eye on us on Twitter. We'll talk to you all throughout the week. This has been the Burgundy Breakdown. HTTR. Peace. I had to take a quick halftime break to tell you all a little bit about Anchor. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast, so let me explain. It is absolutely free, and they give you the creation tools that you need that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. You can make money from your podcast right away with no minimum on listenership, and it is everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. All you have to do is download the free Anchor app like I did, or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now back to the second half of the episode. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.